Success, 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 success. Can, can you talk a little bit? Yes. How is this? That's good. I feel loud to me, like brassy. Brassy? Yeah. I don't know if that's just the nature of these little buds, which I'm it fine m- with. But it might be. Um, do you feel as louder? As long as I don't feel brassy. Do you feel sound. louder than me? Because you're not clipping or anything. I can turn, I mean, I can turn you down if it's weird. I don't, um, yeah, I do feel louder than you. I feel louder than you to me. Do I sound louder than you to you? I don't think so. Okay. I think we just got our intro for the podcast. (laughs) Hey, uh, are you good? Am I good? I feel a little nervous still. I'm a little bit nervous. Why do I do this? I don't know, but it's fine. Okay. He's coming. Oh my gosh, Father Carl's there. We have to pray. That, that sound you hear in the background is Father Carl flinging wide the doors of Christ. Are we on? Oh, no. Oh, we do have to pray. We do have to pray. That's exciting. I like to pray. I like to pray, too. Me, too. Need to pray. Mm-hmm. And like to pray. We've got to pray. Also, your job description, it's like, it's kind of, it's in there. Professional prayer yeah. from a PP. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I'm a That's professional cool. prayer. How would y'all how would y'all like to pray? Shall we light this candle as a part of it? And I'm <gasps> yes. the closest one to the lighter. You just so. want the lighter. <laughs> I'm making notes. Christmas gifts for the Carl. <laughs> yes. the things torch, that burn, things yeah. the torch lighter. Or things that light up if you want to be things, safe. Mm. If you if you care about my safety and that of others. <laughs> things that glow. I would be happy to. I want everybody to. That sound is the lighter. It's a forceful yeah. flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it a butane. Business. It's a butane lighter. Means business. That'll get it done. I'm putting it out of arm's reach. So. Are you afraid you're, so you're, not, you're not tempted? So I'm not, yeah, I'm not fiddling. It's, it's becoming a very, a very, a, a, a very dangerous fidget spinner. Yeah, I know. Oh, nice. You silly goose. Okay. Is the red button pressed? It's pressed. Yikes. Okay. What does that mean? That means we're recording. Ah, okay. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Father Carl with the podcast voice. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. That's good. I hear it. You've got a good podcast voice. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes those the prayers during Mass... Mm-hmm. Um, can go on. I got, a lot to, I, I got a lot to say. Um, it's not my words. It's the voice of the church and God's holy faithful. And in some cases, the, word, the, the like words that. of Christ himself. Um, yeah. But uh, they're words I'm very familiar with. And so oh. when, you're, when you're saying those words daily, you know, I, I start paying attention to my voice and the resonance and uh, because I can hear myself coming back at me on a microphone or on the, the speakers mm. in the church. And my mind goes back to that compliment 
that that oh. woman gave me. She's like, you have and a podcast voice. Like and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. <laughs> I'm going to listen for this because when I've listened to my voice before, like if I was doing a school project or something and I had to listen to my recording, I'm like, gosh, that's, you oh know, gosh, that's, that's I what sound I sound like. like? Yeah. It's like looking at a video or a picture of yourself. That's what I look I like from, from the side of yeah. my face. Cause you never see the side of your face when you're no. looking at yourself in the mirror. So it's, it's just surprising. a different, it's a totally different profile different contours and okay so yeah. when you're doing the um when you're hearing yourself and you're saying a prayer that mm-hmm. you've said enough times that you kind of you might be on autopilot yeah. i don't want to put words it happens yeah yeah do you ever l- get off track and say the wrong words i feel like i, I, like I sometimes have during the creed i'm I just have. like mm-hmm. i want to have it in front of me because i'm too afraid especially now that there's a mic involved um, uh, yeah. in the choir I'm like oh, I don't want uh, yeah, yeah. to mess that up yeah so there's there's been times when um since I'm I'm facing towards the people mm-hmm. um but my, my the the Eucharistic prayer and all those prayers they go they go towards God and so I'll often lift my eyes up and look at our beautiful St. Ignatius stained glass window uh-huh. and he's become the image of God for me this great this gray bearded man surrounded by lions that's beautiful and then I'll be saying, because I know the next couple of lines, right? So you can just hold that in your mind. Um, and then I'll slip into a different Eucharistic prayer. I'll go from like two to three, for example, uh-huh. or vice versa. Um, because you're not looking at yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. But then I just kind of do this. And you're like... For our listeners, I'm looking down <laughs> out of the corner of my eye. And I just, bring, I just kind of bring it back and... <laughs> Hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is a, uh, it's a pretty fabulous day. It's a great day. It is. Um, something's very different about today. I'm going to let you take that ball and run with it and kind of talk about where we're at and what we're doing and, uh, we'll get on with the show. Get on with the show. Yeah. So today is our first day to have a guest and, um, I am so happy to introduce our guest to our listening audience. Um, I have notes, not because I don't remember who you are. <laughs> I feel silly now that you see me holding notes. I want to make sure not to forget any of the important details of who you are to me. What are you going to say? Oh gosh, this is quite scary. So we are happy to welcome Father Carl Ramkama. He is the parochial vicar mm. of St. Ignatius Parish. Um, that's the associate pastor. Uh, for me, this is a full circle moment because um, we're going to um, talk about you know experiences with God. And for me, Father Carl plays into my one of, one of the major encounter experiences in my life when he came to St. Ignatius two and a half yeah, years ago. Oh, wow. Almost two years ago. So on our very first podcast, I, it, it's like my highlight yeah. of these days is, um, you know, feeling a little restless in a church parish and not, mm-hmm. uh, my mind plays tricks on me. I don't think I'm alone in this where I'm like, people are being welcoming, but I still don't feel welcome enough. You know, that You're little not alone feeling. in that, yeah. Yeah. So I was feeling that way. And then you came and, and we were new to the parish as well. So I didn't know this whole, oh, you get seminarians from Notre Dame. Oh, they do a diaconate year here. I didn't know how that all worked. So you were just um, the new guy who I thought was just visiting. But this is what you did. Surprise. This is a key Father Carl characteristic, which is beautiful. And I'll try not to cry. You turned around and said, hi, my name is Carl Rampma. And then you said, what is your name? And then you went through each of us. All six of us were there. 
and then you tried to repeat it and you were good. Do you, do you practice those mnemonics or whatever? Like, you, did you have something? Mm. You don't need I don't to give know. away your secret. I don't know. Yeah. You don't need to give away your secret. Because the, the, the act of wanting to know our names was enough for me. Like, I was just, are we in a parish where people want to know us? It felt that beautiful. Yes, you are. And then, thank you very much, we are, this is a great parish. And then you up the ante, and a few months later, you asked us, so we were debating, do we go to the ordination? It felt like a big deal to us because, yeah. you know, this is all new. We were at a parish with, um, um, what do you call, diocesan priests. So we, we going to an ordination wasn't, um, uh, you didn't need to save money and, and make travel plans. But at St. Ignatius with our Holy Cross priests, it's like, you know, you're going to make the trip to Notre Dame. You're going to go to the Basilica. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Like there's, there's the, um, what's that thing at? The, the Lucinarium, the, a candlelit mm-hmm. prayer service. Yeah, I'm glad you said it because yeah. I still don't even know how I can pronounce <laughs> that. So all these things that are so beautiful. So Matt and I, it was his birthday. He came to daily mass and I said, um, we were having this discussion. I think for Christmas, we're going to buy plane tickets and we're going to go. We're, that's what we're going to do for our family. And then you came in while we were having lunch in that room. I remember that. You were eating tacos. Mm-hmm. El Taquerito. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but if they want to be, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were having tacos and you were cute because you were kind of, I feel like you were beating around the bush and trying to be, you were trying to be casual cute. and then you're oh, like, no. then you're like, well, were y'all planning to come? And we're like, we were, we were just discussing, we wanted to come. And then you said, I wanted to know if y'all would introduce me to the bishop. Okay, look, I didn't know what that even meant, uh-huh. but just that you wanted us to be there. Boom. Well, in my mind, it was kind of like asking a girl to homecoming or oh something. Like that. I was so nervous. We were your family girls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> I love it. It was yeah. so good. And it, it um, anchored for me this real mm. God moment because I think, um, well, it was, it was that cementing you wanting to know our names because mm. in that moment, I didn't know that that was a prayer in my heart. It was kind of like an unspoken thing that my heart knew but I hadn't mm. formulated into words that I wanted to be known at my church. I wanted for the, for the priest and the people to know who we were as people, you know, not just the faces. And you did that. Yeah. You extended that to us. I'm, I'm not looking at my stuff, so I don't even know. Okay. Wait, I have more well, things to say about I, Father well, Carl. I, I think that desire is a huge <laughs> gift to, to want to, to be known. It I, is. I don't know if everyone does, but that's such a great, a great a gift. gift. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think I'm just needy, like, oh, anybody know me? Maybe. Okay, so this is what I'm saying about Father Carl. We wanted to be a part of the church. He came, he saw us, he called us by name, he brought us in. And mm. um, for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you. You're very welcome. No, I, no, well, thank you. Nikki, we've been, a, we've been friends now. <laughs> I've considered yourself, you to be a friend of mine, um, for me to be a friend of yours since, since we've met very early on. And now I'm a fan of yours because of the podcast. (laughs) So I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a little surreal. Yeah. That's kind of, I'm going to hear that. I'm going to tuck it away and I'm going to think about it later. I'm your biggest fan. Thank you. That was a little creepy. Like, like the little guy from the Incredibles. I'm your biggest fan. Do you remember that? Did you, did you see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Incredibles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Buddy. Go away, buddy. Well, I work alone. Well, you've made a good choice by letting me be a part of it. Because well, now, <laughs> <'cause> now, 
That's good. So now that yes. one haunt you. Yeah. That is true. That is true. It's a, yeah. I I have only seen The Incredibles one. I feel like you've seen it more times than probably both of us combined. Uh yeah. Probably. The so. kids have a the little kids. something to do with that. Yeah. Um, So we are here at uh, St. Ignatius Martyr Parish uh, in South Austin, um, or I guess Central Austin, I don't know. Um, Depends who you ask, I guess. Um, But uh, we're we're here because we're uh, doing something pretty cool for Advent, uh, which is uh, hopefully helping our our listeners make a connection at Advent. I feel like Advent is a time of year that uh, sometimes is like the beauty of it is a little bit wasted, uh, or maybe a lot wasted in the rush to like celebrate kind of a commercialized Christmas. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy Christmas and that you shouldn't buy your kids tons of presents and all that kind of (laughs) stuff. That's, that's wonderful. Um, but this, the church gives us this whole month of, of, of kind of leaning into this yearning that we have. You you talked about desire being a gift, like that desire for Christ is a gift, right? That, that yearning for, uh, you know, to experience Jesus is a gift. So we're, we're asking some of our, our, um, the, the, the people that we love in faith and for Nikki, it was father Carl, um, to kind of share some of their encounter stories as a way for some of our listeners, maybe to connect Mm. this advent, um, and really to connect whenever they're listening. But, um, that, that, the, the whole idea of, of really encountering Jesus and really having, um, you know, some moments with him that we can, we can kind of live from, right. That we can kind of, we can, we can acknowledge him and, and, and maybe have an experience with him and then let that color, the rest of our lives. That's that was a kind of a central theme when we started this podcast was was how do we get people to one to recognize that they need that and then two to to go out and and, and have those experiences and and be excited about them and be and be happy about them. So we really appreciate you coming on, Father Carl, and and we would um, we would be remiss if we didn't let you uh, share with us a little bit about you know your your journey and and your um, your relationship with God. Yeah, sure. Well. Th- Thank you for having me come on. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, so, so I'm Father Carl, and um, I've been a priest now, year and some change, year and six months. And time is, time is flying by, though, yeah. during uh, this pandemic for me. It's this big time warp. Um, I'm a Holy Cross priest and um, came to discover Holy Cross in and, through, in and through Notre Dame. You talked about Notre Dame mm-hmm. just a minute ago, number two in the nation at the moment in football <laughs> I was a big fan of Notre Dame football uh-huh. um, from an early age. Watched the movie Rudy, um, watched The Irish on Sunday. That's so good. And I also was um, secretly, since about the age of six, kind of discerning, toying, um, mulling over the idea of priesthood. Um, and I'm an introvert. And that might come up later in our conversation, but I'm a big introvert, shy kid. Uh, so that idea scared me. Why do I? Why do I feel like I'm drawn to something that just seems so far outside of my comfort zone? You know, a priest yeah. has to be social. He's got to talk to people. He's got to give this, these speeches on Sundays yeah. in front of a whole crowd, and and then shake their hands and smile <laughs> after mass. And so I'm wearing I'm wearing the mask now, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's like a face blinky. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a grown protection. It's grown on me, and so um, that was certainly a source of conversation with my mom and my dad. Um, and my mom would always say. Whatever the Lord calls you to do, he'll make you happy doing. And not only that, he'll give you the gifts, the graces to be able to accomplish, to to do well what he's called you to do. Um, So I think my spirituality, my prayer, wasn't super, super active probably until I was about 13 or 14. 14. Mm. And um, 
had some moments in my life when this it really had to do with that conviction of being called to a purpose, being called to a mission that I wanted to understand better, to understand more clearly that I began just to to pray and it literally began like just remembering as I was falling asleep to say the Our Father, to, oh, say, wow. to say the Hail Mary. And it kind of just grew into maybe um, there were times throughout high school, I would say a whole rosary, you oh, know, it was wow. a very spoken prayer, very written, like these um, prayers that we all have in our tradition um, that kind of flourished into these um, these habits, flourished into maybe okay. then going deeper, more personal. Not that there's anything like wrong or superficial with praying a rosary. Um, some of the greatest contemplatives in our church, that's still the bedrock right. of, after, you know, 40, 50, 80 years later in their spiritual life. But um, then it, like kind of that Notre Dame thing came full circle. I heard about, and I, mm-hmm. I was in high school, I heard about, oh, there's this seminary at Notre Dame. I'd love to go there. And so that's, that was just kind of this, just, just a brief vocation story of how I came to know it's the Congregation like of Holy Cross. flirting with you, huh? Yeah, and so some of us... We've were, got a seminary. Exactly, yeah, right. So um, <laughs> our community is referred to oftentimes and affectionately if not a bit erroneously, we're the, as, as the Notre Dame priests, and we're so much more uh, than that. We're a community yeah. founded in France in the 1800s, um, and we, we specialize in Christian education and parish work, um, service to the poor, um, and we're all around the world, and I just fell in love with the members of this community, the spirituality of our founder, who's blessed, blessed Basil Moreau. Yes. And um, and I'm here, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to be, to be one, a priest, but also um, a part of this great band of men as we refer to ourselves this, this, this brotherhood not that any one of us are great but um through through us the lord can do great things yeah true story i've been a witness to the great things and thank you for being this, one. this is a good place <laughs> this is a good place to be absolutely absolutely so so were there were there um you know you 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 mentioned like these these kind of uh, smaller moments that maybe maybe built yeah. up into like uh, a bigger call, a bigger maybe observation from you that hey, yeah. like like there is something really real here in this relationship with God. Um, was there a particular moment that like that put it over the top for you? Just something that that happened where it was like okay, I can't I can't really deny this anymore. I think I think a lot of our uh, ragamuffin listeners that we that we the, the the people that we're, we're trying yeah. to trying to have a conversation with, um, that's, I, I know for a long time in my life, that's where I kind of balked, right? I, I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, if God can just kind of do this one other thing or prove this one other thing and time and time again, you know, that's, that's, that's not a good thing. That's, that's called, you know, that's tempting God. Like we're not supposed uh, to I do see, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but God always seemed to come through for me. He always seemed to have that, you know, uh, things figured out for me in ways that I, that I didn't. Right. And I would, he would kind of solve my problem or he would bring, bring me through things and I would in, instantly take away the credit. Eh, that's not, that's not really good. Like I, you know, I, I prayed for a good grade on this test and I got a good grade cause I knew the material. Right. And that, uh, yeah. and that might be true, but my, my, relationship with God or, or my, my prayer was a catalyst for good things happening in my life. And it was, it was a thing where Mm. I I didn't want, I didn't necessarily want to give God that credit because that meant that I, that I needed to be, or, or, or it would convict me, like you said, to kind of be in this better place of relationship with him. Um, was there, was there ever a moment for you where it was like, okay, I, I just can't, I can't deny this anymore. I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and 
this might kind of relate to somewhat of our, of our topic today. I, just so the listeners know, I was I was, I was warned in advance <laughs> by my dear friend Nikki. We're going to be talking about about this relationship that you're referring to, James, about this encounter, mm-hmm. which is the bedrock of our Christian journey. Um, and there there was a moment I think uh, that inspired me. Uh, I went on a march for life in Washington oh, wow. D.C., okay. which is this this pro life rally in defense of the unborn. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. Um, I just went. It was open. Uh, they were they had were offering like a full year's worth of Christian service hours, which I needed oh, to wow. get at my Catholic school. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. And so I'll, I got on the bus. Oh my gosh! Didn't know anyone else on the trip. For me, this was a huge eye opener. Um, for two reasons. One, I saw other people, not thousands of people my age, who seemed to be on fire for their faith. There's this big kind of youth rally mass in a, a basketball arena, so tens of thousands of kids. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, I, I grew up with the organ, and nothing against the organ. I still love it today, but it's just a different flavor. Sometimes yeah. a change of pace can be the biggest eye opener in the world. Um, and it was the energy, is the enthusiasm, and in particular, it was the enthusiasm kind of um, huddling around this real-world issue, which mm-hmm. is multi-layered and complicated, absolutely. Um, but that my faith has something to speak to it, hmm. to the world. Um, I never. It's not like I didn't know that before or something, but it just became very, very obvious to my quickly growing 14-year-old brain that this is um, there, there's something really. Uh, real at stake and so I, I came home from that uh, and s- seeing a, a brokenness you know in the world again this mm-hmm. complex issue and having a um, just a stirring I don't know what else you can mm. call it feeling a, the presence that. of the Holy Spirit in my heart um, even though I'm one of nine kids I did have my own room. My dad was nice enough to build these like little cells in the basement, so it's, uh, the, the oldest of the kids could be the down there. And so I'm like, got the lights turned off in my room, and I'm playing Christian music. Um, was that new? And I for you to play mu- Christian music in by myself? Yeah, we would listen yeah. to it in the car on the way to okay. school, okay. on the way to church, on the way camping. All we would listen to David Parks and other like he's I never heard old of school. Him. Yeah, an David Irish Parks. singer. Oh Look him up nice. on the Eagles' wings and stuff like that. And um, love it still today. Just listening to that and praying with the words, praying with the words of those songs Mm -hmm. and hearing the Lord speak to my heart like, I want you, Carl, to be an instrument of of healing in this world. And for some reason, I just intuited that's that's in and through the priesthood that had been in my heart for a couple of years before that. So um, that would be like a moment. Um, But it's a moment of encounter, I think, Mm -hmm. with the Lord. In and through his church, mm-hmm. praying, singing, um, speaking their voice, standing up for justice, mm-hmm. uh, marching, and, uh, and and celebrating the gift of life. Mm-hmm. That was, um, so it was, it was like this mediated encounter, which is, I think, if I were to put together the, the pieces of my life's puzzle, so many of, like, I got, you hear these stories of Augustine, mm-hmm. right, and his, his big conversion story, and he's got this garden moment where he has this, like, overwhelming rush of emotion. Uh-huh. He hears a voice, tole et lege, take and read, and so he opens up this, from the scriptures and reads St. Paul, and it's like 180. I don't have a moment like that in my life, this mm-hmm. encounter with, like the, like, the audible voice of God, but a lot of miniature moments mediated. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Through, through Christ's body, the church. Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah. that's where I, I think that's where a lot of us, I, I think the majority of us, uh, we 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 read about Saint Augustine, or or you know maybe we see something on TV of someone, you know, dying and seeing the light kind of thing, right? And they have we have the people have these 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 big huge moments that just kind of get their attention. Yeah. But I do think it for most of us it's it's a it's a little more of a. Um, it's a very providential buildup, right? God puts these little kind of pieces in our way, um, sometimes minute to minute, like not even daily. Like, like it's just, there's these little things that happen that when we, you know, when we, when we look at it, at them singularly, it's, it's not, a, it's not a huge deal. Right. But as we, you know, we, we take a step back with any kind of perspective and it's like, man, God was, I mean, not, not only guiding my footsteps, he was like making the path as I was walking it, right? Like, like he is, yeah. he is, he's putting, you know, putting things, um, in front of me that, that, you know, one at a time, it's, it's just, it's just the next step. But when I, I turn around and I look back at how far I've come, it's like only God could have brought me here. Right. Um, that's, that's, I think where a lot of, uh, uh, certainly a lot of the teens that I work with, that's where they, that's where they struggle. They, they want to have that big, that big moment. I, th- I think it's really important, you know, to, to, to talk about the fact that our, our encounters, um, the, the encounters that we seek should be daily. Like we can have that expectation of God, that God is going to be there kind of in the, in the everyday fabric of, of whatever it is that, that we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm having this, uh, <laughs> could you tell I'm fidgeting? I have a moment. Um, I tell my kids, like when they have the big project, and I'm relating this to people wanting the big moment with God, right? And my, my question to them is always, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. You've got you to take it slow. You've got to take it in small little bites. And I think that that is a similar way that we can journey to a very beautiful relationship with God is just by making these small commitments daily or, um, you know, incorporating prayer and it can start small but it it can lead to a beautiful and and deep and intense um love affair with the savior yeah. of the world and uh, that's what i'm going for yeah i i think uh, absolutely also like fully cooked i would want the elephant, elephant fully cooked. Fully cooked. i love that image <laughs> it seems to me god god's way bigger than an elephant yeah even but you still have to go one piece, one bite at a time. Because mm-hmm. what we're talking because about here is a mystery. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it yeah. could feel insurmountable. Like, I don't know how to have this relationship with God, or my life is so ordinary or vanilla that it doesn't seem like that's even possible. And I mean, that's where that y'all didn't get the image of the, that didn't come to you. I don't know why oh. that came to me. It was just like, <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. You never heard that before? Not once. Yeah. It's a thing. I might have made it up just now. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. But yeah, just one one small bit at a time, like one for you, you know, like one Hail Mary at a time, one Our Father, Uh, every day going to bed, that becomes your mm. routine and then it builds and it slowly builds and then the desire to go to um, March for Life is is there Mm. that might not have been there before. Of course, there's that year of service hours. That's <laughs> quite the selling point. And motivations <laughs> might vary. We don't have to have perfect intentions in order yeah. to do good. He can, don't work, yeah. with, he can work with yeah. imperfect yeah. intentions. God doesn't wait for us to have those perfect intentions. Otherwise, we, you know, we'll, we'll never move. We'll never get going. In, 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 in confirmation class this year, where, when I invariably have 
parents and teens that push back against the service hour requirement, I'm going to be like, look, I met a priest and he's a, and he's a priest because he had to do all these service hours. And it, yeah. Um, so as I'm, as I'm, as we're kind of talking about this, like it, um, Advent is coming up, right. And, and our listeners are hearing this, uh, in the first week of Advent, if I'm getting the, getting it all edited in a timely yeah. manner. Um, uh, so I, I, whether whether our, our listeners are, are Catholic or not, we want to we want to encourage you to um, to kind of embark on this Advent journey and to uh, to to have this very healthy and and I think very uh, personal expectation of a relationship with God and and of of, of meeting God, you know, meeting uh, the Christ Child at Christmas. Um, I think for a lot of folks. That's a very um, it's a very pie in the sky thing. Like it's it's kind of vague, and there's maybe not a lot of a lot of direction as to to how to do that. Like how to really take practical steps in you know a month. Uh, is there is there any is there any advice that you that you have for for listeners who are like okay I'm I'm intrigued I I, I want to I, I I want to have these small encounters or big encounters yeah. or whatever they might be. How do they how do they how do they take those 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 first steps? It has to mirror the way that God uh, touches us and reaches out to us. Uh, the message of Advent and the message of the Christmas season is about God's investment mm. in us. Uh, God becomes a tiny human, a baby, um, and experiences everything that all other humans have had to experience. Um, being sick, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, being dependent. Being dependent. Wow, and yeah. so he's. it's this... It's this great investment in all that it means to be human. And it's the most beautiful story ever told. And I think we've got to mat, not match that in terms of the, the quality or the intensity of our investment, but the, the, match it in kind. Okay. Um, and I was, I was talking a moment ago about like the, the encounter experiences in my life, and you were indicating too, Nikki, the ordinary day-to-day encounter experiences, it's never me like being set ablaze with this, mm-hmm. like, with like God himself and his like almighty presence, you know, two inches from my face. Um, but it's a, it's a mediated experience. Um, and so I would say in, to invest oneself in the life of a, of a Christian community, the life of a, or if you're already, if you're already a member of a parish or, you know, a church somewhere or a Bible study, uh, maybe give yourself one more thing to do one more, mm-hmm. not, not one more thing to do, one, one more just kind of level of investment there because that, that's where I hang my hat is that, uh, not, none of us can, can count encounter God or have a relationship with God in isolation, but the richest of all, <sighs> the richest of all relationships are, are shared. It's, in it's community. a community. Yeah. And, um, so let's like, let's take, for example, cause I use that term a little bit ago. Um, mediated a mediated encounter now what does that mean so it's like if you're you're looking at me right now mm-hmm. both of you here and there's obvious there's much more to me than meets your eye you can see like my hair and my eyes and whatnot um but you don't know my you know, my, my dreams and my hopes my visions okay. you, i maybe have a secret illness or something or um a, like a spiritual or an emotional scar you don't know all of that i'll have to reveal it to you you know i'll have to communicate it okay um so how do i communicate what's interior the only way, I, the only means that I have is is through my body, though. The thing that you're looking at, but I, can, I have facial expressions. I have, I can inflect the tone of my voice. Um, you can tell based on what you're looking at, the 
the visuals, the audio, the audio things that I'm saying, the things that are most interior and deep. We're talking about like Christ's body, the church. We can encounter what, what's unseen, maybe where it's just most physical, most um, mm. approachable, mm. you know? Mm. And I, I understand some communities are more approachable than others, or uh, there's different barriers or, you know, bars or levels of expectation, mm. but taking that risk to invest oneself in the, in the community. Yeah. Yes. I just read something that kind of um, highlighted that, this, the whole mystery of um, when Jesus was um, telling the people, you know, when I, when I was hungry, you clothed, uh, you fed me when I was naked, you clothed me. And, you know, they're like, when mm. did that ever happen? And it's, you know, this mystery that he's here, but he's talking about something else. And it gives us the opportunity to um, participate in, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Did, can, what? can we help me fill in the blank? To participate in, in grace, I think, is, is, uh, think yeah. is, is really kind of kind of what you're saying. So, yeah, like I'm I, I, um, certainly getting back, uh, you know, reinvested or, or kind of leveling up your investment in the community, I think, is a fantastic and, and really kind of kind of low risk way right because because if you're if you're you know if if you take the time to you know if there's that homeless person on the corner that you pass every day right he's he's a part of your community too right and and so if you take the time to make that person a sandwich and and you know you're you're like that's i mean it's honestly not a huge investment it might be awkward when you hand that to that person it might be tough for you um but but that's it's, one, that's one bite. It's one bite. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. It's, 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 it's kind of one, you know, it's, it's this single step that, that then leads to, uh, maybe a little bit of self-discovery mm-hmm. about, you know, okay, well, what did you get out of that encounter? What is, what is Jesus really revealing to you in that person? Even if that, even if that meeting with that person was, was five seconds long, right? We, we, we can kind of give ourselves the opportunity to look back and say, okay, so, so from, from Jesus's perspective, from, um, you know, from the perspective of just one person caring about another, like, like where, where was God in that? Where was, where was the grace mm-hmm. that I was participating in, uh, yeah. in that, in, in that encounter? And then, you know, if it, if it leads to, well, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, 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 I did that one thing. Now I'm, I'm going to go to my church and my church has an outreach program program. And I've always yeah. maybe been a little bit intimidated or I yeah. don't have enough time in the week, but I'm going to find a way to, to invest because I understand the importance now. Um, those, those kinds of things I think are, are, um, they're, they're, it's, it's tough because they're not just important at Christmas time. I think sometimes we think that kind of stuff is only important now. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's very valuable at Christmas time because we can look at, like you said, um, you know, we can, we can look back at our community. We can look back at other people and we can then, you know, look at the incarnation and, yeah. and we can see Jesus as a, as a person who, who wants to love us. He wants to interact with us. He, he, he wants to be, uh, there and very vulnerable and, and very mm-hmm. approachable. Like you said, um, yeah, that, that, that idea of just kind of turning around and facing the people as a first step, I think is a, is a, a, yeah. a fantastic one. And each little small action just softens our heart a little mm-hmm. towards him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, to, yeah, to, to encounter the body of Christ, 
even broken members of the body of Christ is to encounter Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, that's the way that Jesus set things up. That's mm-hmm. the way he set up this process, this journey of ours in his creativity, in his cleverness and his wisdom. He doesn't, uh, he won't settle for, you could say maybe like a one-on-one relationship with us. So that's part mm-hmm. of it. There's definitely, that's an, that's an aspect, but it's a, it's us and him mm-hmm. and not me and him. And as you're talking about these, like these works of, of charity, these caring actions, they are important during Christmas. And in a sense, like that's part of the story of maybe one, one chapter in the story of Advent and Christmas is the, there's no room in the inn. Yeah. And what that maybe represents on the spiritual level is an, an inability to see God in the unexpected. Who, in, like, who would have expected to see God in the flesh or to know that this is God, you know, within a pregnant woman mm-hmm. who's traveling with her husband. A pregnant teen. A pregnant teen. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. If yeah. you put yourself in that, in that time and space, it's all, yeah. um, it's unbelievable. If the innkeeper knew, there's no right. way of him knowing, but if he knew that that was God, he would have made room in his inn. Yeah. He'd kick someone out or something. I don't know. And so how many but, times uh, do we now yeah. not make room for him in our inn? Yeah. You know, whether that's our heart, whether that's our small group, whether that's our friend group, whether mm-hmm. that's the person that we pass every day. Yeah. How often do we not not have the the space or the the time? If this is coming out during the first week of Advent, then the message from the gospel this week is from Jesus, stay awake, be aware, awake. be aware, awareness, that's seeing God where we would least expect to see him mm-hmm. um, in the people that we least expect to see him in. Uh, the spiritual growth, the spiritual grace of a time like this is to be able to see and to be aware and to, and to be responsive of that presence of God. And really that doesn't take any more energy or effort. It just takes, um, some forethought to go into your everyday. Yeah. Healthy expectation that I will meet. God today. Yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily a greater demand on our time, mm-hmm. but it's a demand on our attention, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes that, that's harder. That 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 word expectation, I think is yeah. a is a word that can be um uh a little bit if 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 we're not intentional about our expectations, uh they can kind of get out of control, right? And and we've um we've we've talked a little bit about that. I would I would um I kind of want to know, like, as a, as a, a young priest, you've only been a priest, yeah. uh, you know, a year and a half or a year and yeah. some change, as you said, um, how do you, how do you manage the, the expectations of, uh, not only yourself, but maybe like the, the, the congregation, like when people are, people do have certain expectations during Advent mm-hmm. or, or maybe, maybe their expectation is that it's, it's not going to be good. They haven't had great experiences in, in at mm. Christmas or Easter or whatever, um, maybe with family issues or, or whatever. Um, what are what are some things maybe that people can um, can focus on? Uh, as a you, you, you mentioned community, yeah. um, you know, what are some other things that we can just kind of keep in our crosshairs in order to 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 kind of live in the moment uh, as Advent and Christmas sort of unfold? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think as a way, you mean like as as a way of of, of focusing us, like a mechanism or mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, I think the word of God is something that can, it's, it's ancient 
and so sometimes that makes it seem like it's removed from us or you can't comprehend it or understand it but it gives us uh it, it speaks exactly from the human condition and it speaks to so much of what we all of us universally experience and struggle with and um, and hope for even today uh, giving giving the word of god a real chance to to say something to you um, giving giving maybe the priest's homily or the sermon um, a chance to to speak sometimes that goes with preparation mm-hmm. so um i have to prepare for mass not every sunday but every day mm-hmm. giving uh, like looking over the readings looking over the prayers um praying with them and my my message that I hope to convey my interpretation of the scriptures is less potent, is less has less of an impact if the person listening to it hasn't also prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's um, this is, this is a bit of a challenge there, like preparing for mass. Mm-hmm. Some of that is just spending time in silence, mm-hmm. morning of, you know, mm-hmm. evening before, on the way, driving with the kids or with by by yourself, even in the car, just mm-hmm. spending some time in silence. Cardinal um, Romano Guardini talks about that a lot. Silence is where the liturgy begins. Mm-hmm. But maybe even, I know there's a spirituality among many of like looking at the readings beforehand. Um, you know, yeah. and what, yeah. do you, what do you expect um, to hear from the Lord? Because he expects to be able to, to enter in in the yeah. way that this, this week has, is a unique week. It's different than last. It's mm-hmm. different than the one that's coming. And mm-hmm. um, he has things continually to say to us throughout our life, you know, like the commandment to love. But there's something this week, something today that he has that's a little bit different. And I think yeah. that's why, yeah, we can hear the same readings and get a completely different message. Totally. So often. Um, yeah. I, I love that, that, that phrase of giving him a real chance mm. as opposed to an unreal chance. I, I think in, certainly in my own life, I have gone through... Um, periods of periods of time where it's like I I expect God to kind of be a magician and to just kind of like like you know fix things or do things as I kind of see fit or I say okay God I'm going to give you I'm going to give you all the time it takes to brush my teeth like that's going to be my prayer today right which sure. which God will I, I I know that God will step into that time and he will he will give me as much grace as I'm willing to accept in that time um, but is it really uh, a, a gift back to him of, of like a, a real intention from my heart? Is it something that is really coming from like my first fruits, like, like Nikki likes to say, right? And mm. I, I, I really think that it, at, in, these, um, in these, these times that the church prescribes for, for anticipation, right? Uh, Advent and, and Lent in, in particular, like that's the, that's the investment I think that we have to make. And that you know, for some of our listeners might be a little bit of a wake-up call that, um, you know, Advent is this really joyful, kind of beautiful, peaceful time, but it's not a time that's any easier than any other time, right? It is, yeah. it's difficult to, to be waiting for God. And, yeah. and, and, and when we're, when we're kind of stuck, um, you know, we can, we can, we can, we, we, we can draw a lot on the, the experience of, of, of Israel before, you know, before Christ came and that 
that they did, I mean, there was a lot of anticipation. I mean, it's like, it's like every, you know, sometimes um, like in, in, in Ezekiel or in Isaiah or in the Psalms, it's like every other verse is about this person that's coming, yeah. you know, and, and, and that can be really tough. That can be really um, maybe reflective of our human experience, you know, waiting on, waiting on our life to begin, waiting on Christmas, waiting on our kids to get their act together, waiting on like whatever we're waiting for. And, and I think, you know, to, to that, that advice of, okay, this, this period of, of waiting, the antidote for that anxiety that you're feeling is silence. Mm. The antidote for that anxiety is, is being kind of in this collected place and letting God, like letting God speak to you. Um, and that takes some, some real intention. That's not the kind of thing where, um, you know, you're going to be able to, to snap your fingers or you're going to be able to, um, just jot it down in, in your calendar and it's, it's going to work. It's going to take, it's going to take some real practice, but there's, there's some real beauty then in that, in that real chance and in, in giving it that, that extra effort. Um, I just, I, I love that. I love yeah, that idea right. of, of, of saying, you know, this, this chance is, this chance is real. This chance is, is me really kind of opening the doors to, to what God has for me. Um, even if it's like going to hurt, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's my wager. And that's my promise. When we, when we authentically open ourselves to God, he's not going to, he's not going to not come through the doorway. Mm -hmm. You know, he says, I stand at the door and I knock, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for you to open. Um, and if you haven't had a, an obvious encounter or something like that, it doesn't mean that you haven't opened because that encounter isn't always so obvious. And so that's something to be mindful of. Um, but God will not hide from you mm-hmm. if you're seeking him. And don't take my mm-hmm. word for it. Jesus himself says, seek and you shall find. Mm-hmm. Knock and the door shall be open to you, um, asking you will receive. And so I, just, I, I hold that in my heart during times of spiritual dryness too when I'm in that moment of waiting that you talked about, mm-hmm. that uh, he, he has given us this promise, but he's not going to necessarily respond the way that that we, we expect him to, and that's just because God's clever, more clever than us, more creative than us. He's full of surprises. So. He is, yeah. which is a beautiful thing. I think um, there, there's a difference between um, active and passive anticipation. So I think when I hear you, mm-hmm. Father Carl, saying uh, to be silent in the waiting, and that creates sort of a space for God to be present, I think. At least in my mind's eye, I don't know if it's like how everyone thinks, but sometimes being quiet feels passive. And so it feels like I'm not doing enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think in this situation, the intentionality is with where the action is. Yeah. You know, so you can still be um, quiet and it can feel it can feel like a passive thing. It might not look like much, but if your intention is to have an encounter experience, is the anticipation of waiting for the coming of Christ. Um, it's possible and it's not, it falls under that category again. of like, it's not hard. It just takes yeah. that intention. Yeah. And I, and I guess that's like the turning of the heart, which yeah, and it is it active is in the sense in today's age that you most likely would have had to have said no to something or to a lot of things. That's kind of I think where the action is. It's that like, is it. No, you know, it's that my phone. Yes to the next episode yeah. or something. Just like uh, getting to bed on time. 
mm. it's, it's a discipline. It's not just, oh, I didn't want to go to bed. But it's like, I had to say no to, you know, reading or doing that one last thing just to get seven hours, which one is... One more episode. Yeah. That's not even in the a name lot. Of, in the name of your health. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a lot, but sometimes that's what I have to settle for. <laughs> I don't know about you. So. There's a, there's a, a really, uh, the image, Nikki, as, as you were talking, the image that came to my mind was, okay, so we, you know, we're, we're, we're in this place, I think, where we have this, this tendency in our relationship with God to, to try to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And, and God, all throughout scripture has this, um, and hopefully in your life, right? He has this way of making really complicated things very simple, right? Kind of boiling them down to various, like in, you know, in the, in the readings, like, uh, you know, for, for today, my, my, um, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like that's such a simple metaphor. It's such a simple thing, you know, for people to kind of think about and understand that this relationship with God is, is it's, it's beautiful. Right. And yet it's such a complex, uh, if you dig into that, right, it's such a complex thing. Um, but I, I just got this image as you were talking of, of, yeah, we have all this other stuff going on. We, we have, you know, all these things that can be distracting us and, and, and maybe our time with God seems, um, it seems like it's not where we're supposed to be, or it seems overwhelming, or it seems, and I just keep coming back to Jesus comes as a little baby. Like Jesus comes as a little, you know, like a little fat baby. Like that's just kind of what I, what I imagine. And I'm chubby. Like, yeah. You know, like this, this little chubby squirmy thing in a manger, right. That, that's, that's cute. And yeah. that, and that, that, um, you know, that, that is gonna, um, you know, is, is, is gonna wet his diaper. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it, it's just so simple in that, in that, um, in that very basic human experience. And we want to, I think, complicate it sometimes. We want to make it, um, you know, and, and maybe it's a, it's a defense mechanism against really being vulnerable, uh, with a little baby in a manger. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we want to make things way more complicated than they, than they really have to be. And so even if we, even if we agree or, or if we like look at it and say, okay, I, I know this is going to be hard and I know this is going to take some effort, some very intentional effort on my part, but what I'm, you know, what I'm assuming or, or, or what I'm, I'm getting out of this is so beautifully simple mm. and so beautifully, um, you know, uh, human, right? It's, it's such a, it's such a human thing to, to look at a baby in a manger and go that that's, that's adorable, right? It's such a human thing to, um, to, to, to know what it, what it feels like to, to have your, you know, your mom and dad, you know, Mary and Joseph love Jesus, right? To, to kind of see that. And I think out of that sim- simplicity, God wants to communicate these very, these very big messages of love to us. Right. And, and so, um, it's, it's, you know, God's kind of saying, Hey, let's, let's, let's turn the volume down Mm. on, on, you know, getting back to your, to your, your idea of, of silence, of, of simplicity. Let's turn the volume down on, on everything. And like, look at this baby. (laughs) Isn't this baby really cute? Right. And, and maybe even acknowledging in that moment, like that's, that's how God looks at me too. He, he, he wants that love relationship between us to be, you know, a a straight shot. He wants it to be simple. He doesn't, you know, this stuff that gets in the way, 
let's let's um let's get it out of the way so that so that I can I can um, so that God can can love us the way that He intends to, right? Right. Um, it's just such a such a cool thing, you know, for for any of you that are out there that are kind of beginning a journey like that, maybe for the first time at, at Advent or whenever you're listening to this, um, just know that it's worth it. Know that it. Know that 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 um, that in, that engagement, that intention that you have, uh, it's it really is such a small small price to pay. And when you have to wake up tomorrow and, and pay it all over again, mm. it's a small price to pay tomorrow too, to just let God love you, to just let God meet you in your humanity and to, and to, to, to take care of you the way that, the way that he wants to. Yeah. And knowing that he looks at us, like we look at the baby with just awe and wonder mm-hmm. and, um, it's mm, beautiful. It is beautiful. And I can echo that it's worth it. From my experience, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we just have um, we just have a few minutes left. Uh, yeah. I I'm I'm blown away. Thank you so much for for um, for coming and chatting with us and for sharing uh, so many of your gifts and especially your uh, your willingness to draw others into that communal relationship with God. That's really cool. Um, I'm I'm just making this up as I go along. I think we should ask Father <laughs> Carl some. Funny questions. This is good. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, to this is where it gets good. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's people listening to this that have never spoken to a Catholic priest before, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe there's people that are, have been Catholic their whole life but have never thought to go up and actually like make friends with a priest. Um, what is your What is your daily life like? What is it like being a priest? What is it like waking up knowing um, that you're you're part of this pretty elite club? Well, it, it, a lot of it is, is the same. You know, I, um, I used to think, like, that high school version of myself, you know, Carl. You know, <laughs> thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll be different. I'll, I'll have different thoughts, diff- different um, habits and temptations or whatever when I'm a priest. Things will just be way, way easier then. I don't know. So um, I still have bad days. I still have moody days. Um, I have had, a, I have been able to have a few moments um, here and there where, like, I'll just like stop and look myself in the mirror. I'm like, if seven-year-old Carl knew what you were doing now, like, you're you're in a good spot. Yes, forget you are. forget about what cool. what's bothering you today, you know, um, and and enjoy the gifts that you have, you know. But as far as like daily daily stuff, so. Being, I live with um, a priest right now, the pastor, Father John, who's a Holy Cross Father priest John. like me, and then uh, Deacon Felipe, yeah. who is um, a transitional deacon, who's becoming a priest here. And so we, the three of us live together, and we, we pray every day. We eat together every day, um, and usually just spend f- some form of time hanging out together every day. That might be Netflix or whatever. We, or Disney Plus. Or Disney Plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We watched a um, we watched Beauty and the Beast. Did you live, the updated live, version live, or the live, live version? Okay, yeah. with Hermione. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, we wake up at six thirty. We pray, read some scriptures. So it's, it's liturgy of the hours. How long? You, how long do you pray in the morning? Takes ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. So the liturgy of the hours is like an extension of the mass with psalms and readings and priests and and monks and um, nuns, sisters, women, religious around the world pray the same 
form of prayer. After that, um, rush off to do whatever we're going to do. One of us might have the mass. One of us uh, might go back to bed. Oh, really? That's a if, that's an option. When I, when I don't have the mass, I do that. <laughs> we have a school at our parish too, and so um, that's something that keeps me alive. I go. It's kind of a tradition for us as um, here as a parish, and also in Holy Cross, we welcome the students. Father John even holds the thermometer next to their forehead and, nice. you know, one of those no touch things, nice. you know, it says like 95 point it's something. He's like, time. you're good going. I'm like, nah, 95. <laughs> you're like, is that shit? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Put him under the heat lamp. So the middle of the day is totally unexpected, but mm-hmm. the things that we can count on each day is that those bookends, the morning when, um, we begin on the right note, we begin with prayer and then the evenings as we're winding down or as we're just taking a break between our late afternoon meetings and our evening meetings, we have another um, form of prayer we call evening prayer. It's Vespers. Um, and we eat together. We usually try to make at least a half hour. I like that. And that's every day. Those two pillars of our life, our prayer and our common table. Uh, our common table. Common table. That's Love beautiful. That. That's very yeah. cool. Now, are you a regular person? Like on your off day, do you do any, do you do the same routine? These days I do. Okay. Yeah. What about not these days? (laughs) I, yes, but it was a different routine. Um, I, I tried to, I was an athlete growing up. I played football, ran track and, um, I think my attention is so like focused on, um, other things like non-physical things so often uh, during the week that I used my day off, which is Tuesday, my day of rest to get out of the house, get outdoors. Mm-hmm. I used to be a rock climber, meaning that I would go into a gym and rock climb and touch common How services fun. with people. Oh, common uh, so surfaces. So I don't, I don't do that these days. My new thing, though. What is your new thing? Is disc golf. Oh, really? It's one of the fastest growing games. In America and the world, that? and it's so much fun. So I've got some discs. I go and I throw those. I get a round in, or around, or maybe two rounds. Round. Maybe What's two round? rounds. How many? Eighteen holes. Eighteen holes. Oh. Maybe I'll do two. You can I'm play it much faster than ball golf. So. Then what golf? Ball golf. Ball, we we ball golf. we in the disc golf community. <laughs> Refer, was, refer to the other say, kind of golf. Isn't it? Just golf. <laughs> You're the leadest. I love we that. in the disc golf so, community. So I will say this. Um, disc golf is very popular among youth ministers. Is it now? I've, I've played a few times. I like. I actually own a couple of discs. Um, uh, yeah. But I have youth minister friends that are so good at disc golf that it's not fun to play Some with Some people. It's amazing. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, like literally they're, they're, you know, throwing this disc in like a U shape to get around trees. And like, Stop. I don't even know where the little disc thing chain thingy is, right? Like I have no idea <laughs> yeah, yeah. where the basket yeah, is at all. Somewhere. And they're like, oh, I, I think that was a hole in one. And I'm like, <laughs> I... I don't, I mean, you know, so that's, that's totally wow. a thing here in the Diocese of Austin. There are youth ministers that hope, maybe they'll hear this and they'll give you a call. We'll and talk say, afterwards too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Why sure. do you yeah. think that's a thing with, with youth ministers? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's are there lots of places to do it around here? Everywhere. Everywhere. I know like Barton you, or Zilker Park has Zilker Park, thing. there's one. And that's the thing growing up, like once or twice I saw these baskets and what is that? It's, it's Frisbee golf. They're everywhere. Really? They're everywhere. You just don't know it until you like, until you know it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We in the disc golf community. Yeah, that's right. And that's, yeah. a, that's a community that's right. also that is <laughs> yeah. very, um, at least in my experience is, is like everybody's on the same team. 
Like, like in many people, ways, people like to, to really, it, it does get competitive, yeah. like but people like to have fun. They're cheering for each other. They're cheering for each yeah. other. They'll, they'll kind of, in, you know, they'll kind of invite you into it. If you yeah. just kind of show up and have a Frisbee, like it's, it's low it's barrier cool. entry. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So, um, uh, you are, so how long have you been in Austin? About two years. Okay. Two, two years two, and some change, change, meaning that it's just a time warp. So um, I arrived in 2018, uh, a few weeks before becoming a deacon. Summer or right? like July. Yeah. In ish. July time. So. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. favorite favorite thing about Austin, um, uh, favorite, you know, maybe favorite restaurant. Like I'm, yeah. I'm asking you yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to pledge some allegiances here. <laughs> of course. Because I was going to say, yeah, is, um, is the taco culture. Mm-hmm. The taco is, culture. Um, is real here. I never even knew that this, but the people love their tacos in Austin Absolutely. and I do too. Yeah. Breakfast tacos, all kinds of Tex-Mex, there's authentic. And, um, a place that I, a, a restaurant that I really like to go because it's restaurant on one side, panaderia, a bakery on the other is, um, is Casa Maria, which is on South first street in South Austin. Nice. Um, I don't think I know that. even closer to us here. Well, all of the torchies are great. I love torchies. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. classic. It's, mm-hmm. it's a go-to. When I, whenever I have guests cl- come, I take them to torchies as soon as they get off the planes. So. Nice. Yeah. Very First cool. stop. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Father Carl, thank you so much for, for sharing so much of your time and for, for just being willing to um, have, a, have a genuine conversation uh, with, with, hopefully, with a lot of people listening um, about Encounter. It's something that we... Uh, we we take very seriously and, yeah. and that we, we we want people to know that that encounter with the Lord uh, on a daily basis, that encounter with the Lord in community, that is something that is is open to them no matter where they're at in their yeah. life. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, while we're recording, if you don't mind, uh, would you mind praying us out and, and maybe giving us a blessing? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, that encounter, it's available mm-hmm. um, and it's always worth it, as you absolutely, said earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, you've continued to bless us, um, and we thank you for these blessings. Thank you for the gift of our life, the gift of the health that we have. And for those of us uh, who are not as healthy as you would like us to be, increase that health. Increase the gifts that you've given us so that we might be sharers in your vision for the world, sharers in your kingdom, and that we might share your gifts with others. We ask that you might make our hearts grow during this Advent time. Help us to love, not as we would love, but as you would love, Lord. Help us to love as Christ has given us the model, the perfect model of love and his generosity, the way he poured out his life and his love all the way to the cross. And we know that through the cross is resurrection because they're inseparable. So help us to bear our crosses with joy with humility and with confidence that you're bearing them with us. Give us your blessings to us and all of our families this Advent season, and may we enjoy that presence that is unknown and known during this uh, Christmas and Advent season. We ask all of this in the holy name of Jesus, your Son who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord bless you too and all who are listening, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. You're welcome. This is awesome. Thank you. Go in peace. Go in peace. (laughs) It just, it rolls out. I can't not. No.
The Late to Church podcast is an AMET creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by the Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder. You are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.